to Check Your Beer, a podcast about quality control in your brewery. We're your hosts, Amy Todd, owner of Zymology Labs, and Julie Smith, lab manager at Lawson's Finest Liquids. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Check Your Beer. Today, we are going to be talking about SOPs in the brewery, standard operating procedures. So standard operating procedures are really good to have for every process in the brewery. Um, I know a lot of breweries have one for each brewing process, each cellaring process, packaging, um, lab work, and anything else that people are doing on a semi-regular basis. Uh, Ideally, they're detailed enough so if someone was out sick or somebody else was filling in, like a cellarman was filling in for a brewer, they could easily take over already having a strong background in the general process and equipment and make sure your beer comes out right. Even if it's just in your brewery right now and there's just a few of you, it's a good idea to start thinking about writing up some SOPs before you need them because you're going to need them sooner than you think and it's just easier to write them as you go rather than try to backtrack and write a whole bunch of them all at once. Yeah, if you get into a situation where you're expanding or hiring a bunch of people, that's not really the time that you're not going to have time to write SOPs then. You're going to be too caught up in everything and so yeah, it's one of those things have them in place before you before you need them. And when you do have multiple people doing the same thing, it's really helpful to have those SOPs in place so everybody's following the same the same set of guidelines. Otherwise, you know, you might get one brewer doing something one way and then another does it a little different and then maybe someone learned from someone else and so they do something a little different. And we're all about that consistency, consistent beers and uh, having a consistent process is definitely one of the ways to achieve consistent beers. There are a few different ways to write SOPs, but the basic format um, has specific sections. The first one is just titling it so that everybody knows what it's for. Um, If you can come up with a catchy title, that's good, but I'm not that creative, so I usually just label mine whatever it is. For the lab, it'll be IBU testing, color testing, whatever it is that I'm doing. Um, From there, it goes on to a table of contents, which depending on the length and complexity of your SOP, you may want a table of contents if it's a really short one with just a few steps and not a whole lot of lot of meat to it, you might not need it. Um, Typically, if it's more than one page, I like to put a table of contents in there just so that it's quick to reference if you're looking for a specific section when you're in a hurry. And then you'll move on to purpose. So why are you actually doing this task? And how does it help the brewing process as a whole? So, you know, when people know why they're doing something, it's going to help them put a little bit more thought into the task. And, you know, they're not just doing it because it's written in the SOP. They're doing it because they know that um, this piece of the the process is going to make a big difference in the end. So, you know, kegs come back to the brewery dirty and, you know, it might be obvious why they need to be cleaned before you fill them uh, with a beer that, you know, you've spent all this time and energy in brewing. And if you fill a dirty keg with beer, you're going to ruin that beer. 
So, you know, let's go a little further than just kind of the obvious, you know, why do the kegs need to be cleaned using this set of procedures? You know, you've already worked out the optimal cleaning solution concentration. So if you're not using enough, then you're not cleaning well enough. And if you're using too much, then you could be left with some off flavors or dangerous levels of um, sanitizer or caustic for your customers, you know, and, and this could also be ruining your beer too. So you've highlighted, you know, all the safety precautions, what to avoid while cleaning kegs, what to do, when, how long to do things, you know, so you, you have all these steps in process and, um, or all these steps in place and using this SOP is going to help protect the beer, your customers and your employees. And, you know, you don't have to kind of reinvent the wheel every time that you're doing it too, you know, it's just, I guess not part of the section, but just another uh reason as to why you want an sop so you know you you've worked all this stuff out already and you don't want to every time you you go to clean you know or if somebody doesn't know like oh it makes more sense to do this part first and you know somebody else who's doing it for the first time just might not think of that and so can help your your process overall the next part is who, that's who's going to be performing this particular task. This is one that um, when you're updating your SOPs, you need to make sure that this changes with the amount of people you have and the amount of people that are trained on this task. Um, and it's fine that you're adding or taking away people or responsibilities. You just want to make sure that your SOP reflects it so that if somebody new is doing the task, they know who to go for uh, to make sure that they're comfortable doing it. Your brewer may be doing the task now, but as your brewery grows, this duty may shift uh, to packaging or cellarmen or a new brewer may come in. So you want to make sure you're keeping that up to date. Um, a lot of times it just will say whoever is signed off on this SOP and you'll have your own individual like SOP sign-off sheet where you can look and see who is certified to do that certain task. Uh, the next section is safety. This one is really important. It lists any safety precautions that must be taken when you're performing this procedure, what type of PPE, that's personal protective equipment, must be worn. So if you're handling chemicals, you need the chemical apron, face shield, gloves. Uh, you're always going to need um, eye protection. You might need ear protection if you're in a high noise area. Are there any trainings that must be done beforehand? Do you need to be signed off on con confined space or forklift training? What chemicals are you going to be using? And do any of those have negative reactions if they're mixed together? Uh, you need to know the chemicals so that you can look at the STSs and know what precautions to take if you come into contact with any of those chemicals and you just need to think about everything that could go wrong when you're doing this procedure and how to react to that to make sure you're keeping whoever is performing the task safe. And you want to think about your materials. So what's everything that you're going to need to perform this task? What tools or equipment or chemicals are you going to be using? Um, so this is just going to be helpful. You know, it's going to be all laid out right there. This, I think, <laughs> I was going to say, so I come from the lab background and um, um, so that, that's how I've always trained is off of SOPs, you know, it says how to, how to do the lab procedures and just having that list of materials makes it really helpful to, you can, you know, gather everything that you need before you're doing the task. 
um, yeah, I'm trying to think of like comparing it to, you know, like a brewing SOP, which is going to be a lot more involved than like, you know, your, your IBU testing, your list of materials is probably going to be, well, is going to be quite different. Um, but this is where, you know, that table of contents can come in when you do have some of those more involved tasks and Sorry, I'm getting off on a tangent here. Okay, so let's move on to procedure. So this is gonna be kind of the bulk of your SOP. So what are the steps that are involved? Like how, how are you actually performing this task? And you know, you want to determine how detailed you want this to be. Um, you know, the more detailed you are, the more likely it's gonna be done exactly the same way and every time. If you leave too much open for interpretation, you know, everyone's gonna be doing things their, their own way. Um, you could also, though, get into a situation where if you're too detailed, then people are just kind of skimming it through and they're kind of skipping over something. So you got to work to find that the right balance there. So another really great thing to have with SOPs is including pictures. So, oh, you know, including pictures. Yeah. So and, you know, circle things in the picture, too. You know, this right here. This is yeah. the lever. Um, so, you know, a great way to kind of write the SOP is to actually, you know, write it while you're performing the task. So, you know, then you're writing it and you can take pictures as you go. You also, you know, you don't really want to be writing it from memory, you know, even if it's something like, oh, you know, I do this every day, you know, I, I know all the steps. You, there might be some things that you're kind of skipping over that you just automatically do. But, you know, if you're going into it and writing things down as you go and taking pictures, um, you'll probably kind of stop and think a little bit more about like, oh, okay, what is this, you know, step that I just just took here? And um, so write all that, that down. Um, if it's something that you don't normally do and you're writing that SOP, make sure you bring it to somebody who does perform that task on a regular basis. Have them review it. Make sure it's, it's what is actually done. Um, and yeah, another big kind of piece with the SOPs is to update them on a regular basis. So, you know, make sure that they're reflecting what you actually do, not what you're supposed to do or what you used to do. So it's totally time, fine to change SOPs as you go. You know, they're another one of those living, breathing documents. Well, I guess, except for when you're following them, but <laughs> just it, it's okay to change them. Just uh, if you do make changes, make sure everyone's aware of it. Um, you know, have a sign off sheet so you know that you've talked to everyone about changes that have happened in it, you know, um, we'll mention a revision section in a little bit, but make sure, you know, you're putting all that stuff on there too. So, you know, um, can compare to what you used to do and what you, you do now. Um, so yeah, I mean, as your brewery grows and evolves, you know, it makes sense that you're going to be changing how you do things. So just make sure that you are updating your SOP when, when you make some of those changes. And because, yeah, yeah. If there's things that are in there that nobody actually does, you know, then people, nobody really is going to be following the SOPs. You know, if if they're just documents that are like kind of helpful, but not really followed, then kind of what's the whole, what's the point of of having them? Yeah, like this is what you're supposed to do, but this is what we actually do, and that's kind of what you're trying to get away from by having an SOP. Yeah, and that's fine if, you know, you don't do what you're 
Well, you know, in some cases, that's fine if you're not doing what you're supposed to do, just as long as you write it down and, and it's in your, your SOP of what you, yeah, what you actually do. All right, the next section is uh, references, so any materials that you use to write your SOP. Uh, a lot of the lab SOPs are going to be based off of the ASBC methods. That's pretty much always my first reference. Um, and any other manuals or so sources of data associated with the standard operating procedure that you use to inform it or test on it. Um, if you have any questions or someone wants to learn more, they know exactly where they can find any additional information. Um, and it's just a helpful thing if you're looking back through it to edit it to see where you got your sources of information initially. Um, for the brewing process or salary process, there's probably not going to be many references other than like equipment manuals, but there can be a few for the lab ones. Uh, finally, revisions, which we talked about a little bit. Anytime you make a change to the SOP, you want to note that in the revision section. I've seen a few revision sections that are super detailed and kind of go into what changes exactly happened. Um, and then a few others that'll just be like updated procedure, updated purpose. Um, it's really useful for someone who may occasionally perform a task and may not otherwise be alerted to a change. So it's good to check those sections if you haven't done that procedure in a while and you're referencing the SOP so you can see what's new since the last time you've done it. Um, if it's a simple pr procedure, you can quickly scan it and go straight to the revision section to see what you need to know. Um, when you're doing your revisions, you want to make sure you include the date that you made the change uh, and just a quick note about the change or you can get into detail with it. And then you're going to want to have the people who are responsible for performing that procedure sign off on it as well as any management members or leadership team members. Another note on references, so for our um, Gehaltimeter, there's um you know it comes with a you know a picture of all the parts right so yeah. like a special name for that <laughs> you know so it like labels all the parts and like 91 oh, is like the plunger diagram. yeah um schematic is that the right word sure. yeah <laughs> go with that yeah Sounds good. um so i have a copy of that that i put right in the the sop so it's it's all right there so you know, when you go to clean it, you don't have to be like, oh, okay, where's that manual, you know, so so it's easy enough to, to add things like that, too, which I guess also fits under the picture category, but a little different. Yeah. And if you don't have SOPs right now, you know, don't. Don't worry about it. That I mean, SO, you know, it's great to have SOPs, but, um, you know, there's plenty of breweries that don't have them and they do just fine but it's one of those kind of goals to strive for um you know and just start start small start with like one one sop at a time or you know maybe start with like a section and you know start with your lab sops or something and then kind of move on and i think we already mentioned this but yeah you you want to have them in place before you actually need them um when uh I went out on maternity leave last year. I think like a couple of months before I was like, oh, I should probably write down some of my lab procedures because 
people are going to be doing these while I'm gone. So, um, so then it was nice to, to have that all in place instead of kind of getting to that, that crunch time and then being like, Oh crap. Now I need to do these all at once. Yeah. That's never any fun at all. Now I have to write all of my SOPs and do my daily job. Yes. Yeah, so if you can, you know, start slow too until you, you know, get them in place before you need them, that's helpful. Let's see. Oh, um, labeling your SOPs. So if you do start um, just making SOPs for brewing or cellaring or packaging or lab or whatever it might be, uh, you want to kind of try to design a document control system. So just having like a, a numbering system and maybe like a code word system where it's like um, SOP001 brew house or something like that just so you can scroll through quickly and kind of find the SOP that you're looking for. I think I number mine one through whatever and write lab. Um, and then like a quick IBU so it's people can scan it really quickly and pull out what they need but they're organized and sorted so it's easy to scroll through and it's good to have a consistent format for all of your SOPs so even if you have different people writing them for different sections um, you know and find what's gonna work best for for your brewery um, you know I write all the lab ones um, but um, the head brewer wrote, you know, the ones for on the brew house and, you know, so just make sure that they're like kind of a consistent format. So if people are reading one and then they do need to, you know, help out in the lab or whatever, they can, they're going to be used to that format. Um, some places you can have, you know, one person who's writing all the SOPs. Um, I wouldn't want to have that job. Cause... Oh God. No. <laughs> writing SOPs is not fun. It's, important to do but it's not a lot of fun so um, it's time consuming it's very time consuming yeah yeah and people won't thank you for writing them they'll probably be mad that you're making them read it and sign off on it so you know such as the lab a lot of a lot of thankless work um, but important and very helpful in the long run. And also helpful to other breweries. If they right. get the same oh. can line installed, you can just send it right over and yeah. then they don't have to panic. Exactly. That happened with us uh, at Zero Gravity. We uh, had some questions on canning line startup and Julie was very helpful in passing along her, her SOP. and Yeah. Yeah, I think it's good. I mean, it's just since we all talk so much in the brewing industry and since we're getting a lot of the same equipment installed, I mean, we, we've seen it with our brew house. I think Paradox Brewery got um, the same brew house and they have been talking back and forth a little bit and I was able to send you the packaging stuff that our packaging manager did, which was great. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's nice to not have to reinvent the wheel and to know that like you're doing the same thing other breweries are doing that is working consistently for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And training logs for, you know, as you have all your employees read and review these SOPs, it's helpful to have a log too, have people sign off on it. 
and then you know that they've actually read it and you can test people on it too I've never done that but I know some places they'll you know make sure or maybe like make sure that they're proficient in this task before they can do it on their own but yeah. you know it's your choice <laughs> I don't have much else yeah you know you put a lot of care into the beers that you make and you know just taking you know a little bit of extra time to write out those SOPs and build that foundation of safety quality consistency in your brewery and you know that's it's going to be really helpful and yeah just giving your staff a detailed easy to follow list of procedures for every task and that's going to help give them the tools that they need to be successful and will save some headache and frustrations i'm sure more so than writing your sop <laughs> i guess we talked a little bit about document control but um it's important too to have a way to make sure that you don't have outdated sops lying around the brewery so you know i know some places they'll have everything printed and in, in a binder which can work for you but just make sure if you are making changes that those are getting updated um, or you know if people are printing them off and having a copy with them you know just maybe make sure you know when things are getting printed that they're a date is automatically going on them I know some places that they just don't print them at all you can only view them on a computer um, that can be kind of tough in a brewery setting yeah just make sure when when you do have new ones you're updating old ones and that people are aware of the revisions and you know things are going to change and that's fine things sh should change Right. <laughs> yeah, because you're going to be improving and yeah, finding like, better ways to do things, and you're going to get new equipment yeah. that's going to change the procedure, get, like learn new techniques. It's all going to change, mm -hmm. and I think communication is always tough in a brewery, especially when there's multiple shifts and people moving around and stuff. So making sure that everyone is on the same page is huge, um, whether it's like sending an email that the dry hopping procedure has been updated or posting it on a communication board or something. But yeah, it's making sure everybody knows what's going on and just continuing to try to update too. You don't want to stay the same forever because then you're not doing anything different. Yeah, and some ways to kind of get started. So, oh, we're going to start giving you guys action items. So. After you listen to this podcast, I want you all to, if you don't already have all your SOPs, here, I'll give you both. So if you already have SOPs, <laughs> go through them and see if there are any changes. I recently went through a bunch of lab SOPs and there were, there were quite a few little things that I was like, oh, I'm not doing that anymore. I do it. You know, there were, there were really slight changes, but um, enough that, you know, I made some notes in my revision section and, and changed it up. So for those of you who have your SOPs, go review them. Make sure 
they are updated. And then for those of you who do not have SOPs, just start by making a list of every of all the SOPs that you're going to need in your brewery. So maybe think about who is going to be writing the SOPs. Um, you know, it's going to be the same person. Is it different people for different sections? You know, maybe your cellar manager will write those and your head brewer will write those ones or, you know, packaging will do separate ones or, you know, maybe one person will be doing all of them. And, you know, maybe come up with a with a format, um, something that's kind of easy to follow and and then just start knocking them off you know start with the easy ones to don't start with the hard one because then you'll just get annoyed and you probably won't ever finish so maybe st <laughs> start with a couple of easy ones and and then just keep going yeah yeah i like to like write the outline of what i remember from memory mm -hmm. and then try to do it and as I'm doing it like pencil in the stuff that I didn't catch when yeah. I was going through it in my head mm -hmm. yeah and that might even highlight some of those you know little details that are easy to miss especially when you know training by somebody who who does you know this task every day they might be you know they might think that something's not important like you know, maybe with like cleaning and, you know, the temperature of the water, you know, and it's just something that they is so ingrained in them that they just know like, okay, it has to be 160 degrees. And, and so that's not, you know, or maybe they just, they know the range that it needs to be in, but it's not something they're communicating to somebody new who starts. And so they just might not notice that that was like a really big piece of the puzzle you know, a really important part to the task. So, you know, having those kind of things written out and kind of highlighting this is something you need to pay close attention to or whatever it may be. And, you know, and every brewery is different. Everyone does things a little differently. And a lot of people who work at breweries have come from other breweries. So... They might be used to doing something a little differently and, you know, if they have a better way of doing something, you know, that's great if everybody's on board and whoever makes those decisions on how things are performed, you know, changes it for everyone. And so you just really want everyone to be doing things the same way. Um, yeah. You know, if, if there's maybe a better way, but that's not the way whoever's in charge wants to do it then yeah. you know don't do it that way because you don't want one person doing something one way and then somebody else doing something a different way um you know if you ever run into troubleshooting issues it's going to be impossible to troubleshoot you know if you are you know like well this is the way this procedure is done so you know there's if you're trying to find like correlations and stuff, but if you don't realize that somebody else does something completely different, you know, that could be the obvious solution as to, you know, why, why starting gravities are always lower on second shift or oh, I always call it second shift. I'm sorry. First shift. They're always bad on first shift and it's the second shift brewers who are doing everything perfectly. Um, if you, 
if everyone's doing things the same, then that shouldn't be an issue. Great. <laughs> How do you make SOPs fun? <laughs> we want to know. <laughs> Tell us your secrets. Maybe have a beer while you write one. Yeah, that's always helpful. All right. Uh, thanks, everyone. Happy writing. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Check Your Beer. Send us an email at checkyourbeer at gmail.com for any questions or episode suggestions. Uh, check out our show notes for what we talk about on each episode. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll catch you next time on Check Your Beer. Thanks for listening.